0: Hey everybody! Uh, Great to see you here this morning, and uh, welcome to Grace Point. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, I just got a question for you. This pandemic is really messing with me and my hair. Anybody know? Is there like a, I don't know, a beautician, a salon that's open that I can might get my hair cut? Because obviously I've been sitting home a little too long and unable to get my hair cut. So, uh, anyways, actually, no need. that. This is the benefit of having a beautiful bald head. No haters, please. Um, I know you're jealous, but anyways, great to have you guys here. Go ahead and turn to um, Philippians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 12 and cover a few verses. Um, As as many of you guys know, Kim and Sarah Hagan and I were out in Colorado last week. I had to run out there unexpectedly to help with Kim's dad, and also uh, get his house prepped in order to be sold. And I was reminded of a lesson um, that I learned years ago that we put into practice when we were out there, and that is uh, when faced with an overwhelming task, the, the most important thing you could do is to take a step back, you know, kind of a, take a deep breath, take a step back, remember what the goal is, constantly remind yourself of the goal pray and ask God to provide to meet that goal, and then work hard to accomplish it. So like with Kim's dad's situation, the house, um, we had to, in four days, get his house cleaned out and ready to be sold. And so the goal was to keep everything that we thought we would need to bring back here because, Lord willing, As he gets healthier, uh, he'll be able to move back to this this way. So keep everything that we think we need here, and get rid of the rest. So that was the goal. And any time a box came out, or a tool came out, or furniture came out, or a box of bolts and nuts and assorted other things came out, we had to ask a question: going with us or getting rid of it. And so we kept the goal in front, and then we we prayed and you know asked God you know give us wisdom, give us what we need and and God provided it was it was pretty cool, you know, for instance, he provided a dumpster, uh, he prov- provided a moving truck, he provided the gas that we need to get back home, he provided us with strength, he provided us with a few friends and family who came out and, and helped us because without them, we wouldn't have gotten things done, and he provided us with uh provided us a bunch of neighbors who were really excited to get a bunch of free stuff as we put things out in the yard and so we either pack things in a truck we put things in a dumpster uh, or put things on the front yard for people to take and it was a great thing and we it took four days three of those days were 12-hour days the last day was uh, a little less it was like a nine-hour day but we got it packed up we accomplished the goal and god provided for us to do that but what about when life is overwhelming what about when um we're isolated due to a government mandate, or our our marriages are struggling, or our finances are tight, or our jobs are in jeopardy, or maybe we're compromised with our health. What do we do then when we're overwhelmed with those? Well, we've been looking at in in Philippians. Paul says that, who is, by the way, currently isolated uh, in prison, he's waiting to know whether he's going to live or die. We are to remember the goal. We're to ask God to provide for us to meet the goal. And then we're to work hard to accomplish it. Well, what's the goal? Again, Paul talks about this in chapter 1, verse 6. The goal is that God is uh, completing a work that He began in us. And He's using the things that are going on in our lives in order to accomplish that work. See, we're we're bondservants. Of Christ, Those of us who have placed our faith in Christ, we've given our life to Christ. We are his bondservants. And so we're not living this life for ourselves anymore. We're living our lives for him, for his purposes. And a large part of our fear, we were kind of talking about this in men's Bible study on Thursday night. A large part of our fear and frustration as we go through these times is that we, we really love our lives here on earth. We, we love what we have the possessions that we have, the jobs we have, the family. And so we feel like when we go through these difficult times, we're going to lose those things. But that's because we love those things, and we want those things, and we think that's really what life is all about. But what if God's goal for our lives is different than our goals? See, our response should be, okay, God, we're going through this circumstance, this situation, whatever the overwhelming thing is, and our response should be do what you want to do in and through me in order to grow me to know who Christ is to become more like Jesus to think like him and to respond like him and then use me to impact others for Christ see his purpose is to use whatever we face in this life to conform us to the image of Christ that we've talked about and we've talked about all the time here at grace point he's going to mold us he's going to make us into people Who think like Jesus, who respond like Jesus, in order to glorify God and draw people to Him for salvation. And one major part of that transformation project is how we then represent Him in order to share the gospel with people. So, our purpose in this series is to challenge us to take this time of isolation and grow in our relationship with Christ, grow in knowing who He is, what He expects of us, what He wants to do in and through us. And so, week one. We talked about to uh, take this time and grow in our confidence to know who we are, to know what God is doing in our lives and why it is that we live this life. And again, it's a huge aspect of that is the gospel and God us knowing who Christ is by Him using us to share the gospel. Last week, Pastor Tim talked about the fact that we should challenge to grow in unity, that as followers of Christ, as, as Christ's body, as the church, that we are to, to work together to grow together to care for each other for the sake of the gospel. And and let me just say it, once again, I want to continually thank those who are part of our prayer and care team. Um, one of the greatest things during this time of isolation when we can't physically be together is to hear another voice, is to see another voice. You know, we do Zoom Bible studies and um, and phone calls are so important. You know, texting is great, email is great, Facebook is great, but Having that personal contact and just calling up some, hey, just let you know I'm praying for you, I'm thinking of you. So I just want to thank our, our prayer and care team for staying in touch with our people, keeping people connected. And I know others are doing that too, that are not a part of the official prayer and care team. So thanks, you guys, for doing that. I appreciate that. Today we want to challenge ourselves to grow in our influence. So during this time, to uh, put ourselves before God and say, okay, God, how do we grow? and develop our influence in the lives of other people, again, in relationship to the gospel. It always comes back to the gospel in our lives. So in chapter 2, verses 12 through 18, Paul returns to this goal after reminding us in the previous verses of this incredible demonstration of servanthood to God the Father that God the Son accomplished by putting on flesh, living a perfect life here on earth, and then dying uh, for our sins to free us from our sins and from hell. and So while in isolation, Paul's challenging us, as we're in isolation, to to not hinder God's work in that way in our lives. Paul didn't allow his isolation to hinder what God was doing in and through him, and we shouldn't be doing the same with our isolation. The same God who was working in and through Paul and in and through the Philippian Christians is the one who wants to work in and through us during this time as well. So, follow along as I read. I'm just going to read verses 12-13 through 13 initially, and uh, then we'll see what God has for us, and then we'll move on to 14-18. through 18. So, uh, again, coming off of what Pastor Tim talked about last week, verse 12, Paul says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as my, in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you but to will and to work for his good pleasure. So let's break down these verses real quick. Um, the first thing we see here is that there's a there's a command that Paul puts in here, and that is to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So what does that mean? So we're just gonna literally just work through these verses. What does it mean to work out your salvation? Well, it's not working for your salvation. Again, salvation is not something that we earn, not something that we work for. We don't do things to gain God's approval or love. He already loves us. Even when we are sinners, He loves us. And only Jesus did what could be done in order to save us. Jesus, God in the flesh, uh, infinitely powerful, able to die an eternal death for each one of us, and then rise from the dead to defeat sin and death. So it's not us working for our salvation, it's working out our salvation. The word work means to to um, work fully or to accomplish, to perform, to demonstrate. And basically it means this. It's to live out the impact of God's salvation in our lives. It's to demonstrate our salvation, to show that we're saved. And the verb tense is, is one that means to continually do this. So as soon as we wake up in the morning till when we go to bed at night, we are doing life in such a way that we're going to demonstrate that we're saved, that we're a child of God, that He saved us. I got some of that hair on me, by the way, that I, <laughs> so I apologize. Um, so let me ask you this question. Where, where do you feel isolated? You know, obviously, we're all isolated to a certain extent by these, this government mandate, but you might feel isolated in your marriage or with your kids or kids with their parents or isolated like going through work situation alone. Where do you feel alone? Where do you feel isolated? Well, this is one of those times where as we're feeling overwhelmed, we need to take a step back. We need to remember what the goal is. And we've talked about what the goal is. We need to ask God to provide for us in order to meet the goal. And then we need to work hard to accomplish that goal and to show those in our lives that we are truly saved and what God's doing in our life. So wherever it is that you're feeling isolated, you need to work out your salvation. You need to demonstrate that you're a child of God that He's got your back, that He's going to be working in you. So why do we do that? Well, in verse 12, Paul starts out with, So then, my beloved. So he's, he's talking to the Philippians in a very um, intimate and, and warm-hearted way. But so then refers back to the previous verses, specifically um, Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ did. So our motivation should be, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, we then respond in the same way. What did Jesus do? Jesus Christ, God the Son, came from heaven. He had everything. He had authority over everything. He controlled everything. He's God. But He willingly gave up that authority. Not that He gave up being God, but He gave up the authority to demonstrate to us what does it look like to live life in a God-honoring way. And it was all about Him living life to glorify God through obedient living, doing life God's way, in order to draw people to Him for salvation, which He did the ultimate work of dying on a cross so that we don't have to pay for that. But He did that and to draw people to Him for salvation, help them grow in their faith. And so he should, Him doing that for us, Him willingly giving up everything, should motivate us, man, if He did that for me, then I want to do that for Him. Not to gain his love, not to gain his salvation, but to show my appreciation, to show my love for him and the fact that, of what he did for me. Now, Jesus did that knowing that he would go back to God in heaven, that he would go back and and be the God the Son in the position he was in prior. Well, same thing for us. We're only going to live a certain amount of years on this earth. We're going to spend eternity in heaven. So we can willingly sacrifice what we think we want on this earth, doing life the way we think we should do it here because we're going to spend eternity with God. And if you ever wonder what your purpose is, if you're wondering what your purpose is within the circumstance that you're in that's overwhelming you, the number one uh, purpose that you have is to represent Christ to the people that's in that situation, um, to people who are watching you go through that situation. That's the goal. For God to work in you and through you to represent Christ. Well, what does it look like? Well, Paul says here that we're supposed to work out in fear and trembling. In other words, with fright and shaking. So those two words mean. Now, fear can also mean reverential awe. We usually kind of push people towards that when we're talking about this fear part of it. But trembling simply means to tremble, to have tremors, to shake. So, so what, what's God telling us here? It seems kind of weird that he'd say, hey, listen, I love you, I died for you, and so I want you to be afraid of me, and I want you to be trembling. Well, I think Paul gives us uh, a little bit of help here in understanding what this means in uh, verse 13. It says, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So God is at work in you, in order for, in, in you and in me in order for us to have our wills choose Him, and then do life in a way that pleases Him, in a way, a way that helps Him. So the, the word will there means that it's a thoughtful, purposeful decision. It's not something based on emotion. This is a determined choice to make in spite of how we might be feeling to do life God's way. And then that work, it, it, the Greek word is energio, which we get our word energy from. It's, it's doing what God wants us to do, and, and in that He energizes us to do that work. So let me just give you, a, a, for instance, an example. So growing up, um, I loved my dad, I feared my dad, and when he would uh, discipline me, I would tremble, okay, because his discipline, he was a quiet, he is a quiet, soft-spoken kind of guy, but his discipline was firm. It was, I don't ever remember him disciplining me for no reason. There was always a reason for him to discipline me, but it was a firm type of discipline and so i feared that discipline i feared and trembled at the thought of being uh, disciplined but not because i'm going to lose my position as his son but because i know i'm disappointing him and i don't want to feel that pain and so for both of those i work out my birga i work out my life as his son because i love him because I don't want to disappoint Him, and I really don't want to be disciplined either. I don't want that pain in my life. I'm still His son, but I will do that out of love for Him. Well, it's the same thing with God. When we disobey Him, we don't lose our sonship, our child, uh, you know, being a child of God. But what happens is we we will be disciplined, because a good father will discipline his children. And so we we work out our salvation, we represent Him, we show that we're saved, because we don't want to disappoint them. We, we fear that. We don't want to um, disappoint them. We fear and tremble at the fact that we don't want to be disciplined. And so we choose to work out our salvation in that way, to live it out, to show others. Because we don't want to disappoint God and we don't want to experience the discipline, again, knowing that we're still His child. And when we choose to obey, then He energizes us to obey. Paul says something really cool in Colossians chapter 1. It says, I labor, And that word means to work hard. It's not something where he's just kind of skipping through life. He is working hard for the sake of the gospel. I labor striving according to his power, God's power, which mightily works within me. And so Paul knows that as he moves forward and as he seeks for God to work his goal out in his life, and he represents Christ in all situations, that God's going to work in and through him. And so here's the huge point of this. In our isolation, we're not alone. We, we may feel like we're alone, but in reality, we're not alone because God is personally involved in our lives, even in the specific situation that you find yourself where you're feeling isolated. Your isolation hasn't taken God by surprise. He, he's not running around wondering, oh boy, what am I going to do? He's not wringing his hands in fear and worry. He's got this. He knows what's going on. And he's using it to complete his work in your life and in my life, to make us more like Christ, to think more like Jesus, to respond more like Jesus, in order to bring him glory and people to him for salvation. And so, like Paul, we have to be willing to take a step of faith, to actually do what God calls us to do within our situation, and then watch God energize us and and help us do what is his will to please him. And, and like it says, His good pleasure. Um, we want to please God. We want to see Him uh, pleased with us in what we're doing. Well, Paul, uh, God has Paul give us some more of what it looks like to work out our salvation in verses 14 through 18. So let me read those real quick for you. It says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent Children of God above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory, because I do not run in vain, nor toil in vain. But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. You too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me there's a a key phrase here in verse 16 where it says holding fast the word of life which really means to put your salvation out there for people to see this holding fast has this idea of holding forth putting it out there so people can see okay and so that's what paul is talking about here doesn't mean to work out your salvation it means to put it out there for people to see and let people know well how do we do that well first of all he says uh, do all things without grumbling or com- or disputing. So in other words, do all things without complaining and without debating. Now, do all things, what things? Everything we've talked about already in chapters 1 and the, the beginning part of chapter 2. Now, I don't know about you, but um, this verse I'd rather just kind of take out and not even have in the Bible. Because going through what we're going through right now in our country, in our area, and being you know, told to stay home, I, I, I feel like we need to take a moment and for all of us to confess sin, because um, I am confident that every one of us at some point or another have either thought something that was complaining and deba- debating, or we've voiced it. I know I have voiced it um, as I've talked to different people. But he says, do all things. In other words, respond to the current situation that we're in without grumbling, without complaining, without debating. Man, again, so convicting, seems so impossible, but we're to do it. We're supposed to work out our salvation as bond servants. You know, bond servants, um, slaves, have no say. It's what the Master tells us to do. Jesus is our Master. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He tells us what to do, and so we do what He says. We trust Him to provide, and then we work hard to make it happen in our lives. And so we participate in getting the gospel out, as we learned in chapter 1. We, we seek to love each other, to work together, to care for each other's needs. That's why we're making phone calls and texting and emailing people. Hey, you got any needs this week? You got any needs this week? Why? Because we're called to do that as a church family, to care for each other, to check in on each other. You may be like, oh, I don't want to keep up complaining. I don't want to have to make this phone call. Complaining. Why do I need you know. We need to do it because that's what a body does, that's what a family does. It takes care of each other, checks in on each other, and we want a lot of times we want other people to do the work and and us to receive it, but we need to be doing the work, the hard work of staying connected, and doing all these things without complaining. So, you know, it's interesting when you when you look at Jesus and Paul keeps reflecting back on Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't complain. Jesus didn't grumble when he went to the cross. He asked a question, Lord, if this could be passed from me, but then he quickly said, Not my will, but your will be done. And so we're not to grumble, we're not to debate, we're supposed to do what God calls us to do. We're supposed to work hard because again, we know who we are. We're bond servants of God and we're about accomplishing his purposes. We know what he's doing, he's using these circumstances and situations. To cause us to think and respond more like Christ. And we know why we live. We live to glorify God, to put our salvation out there for other people to see, in order for them to be drawn to Him for salvation. We put ourselves out there by proving ourselves to be children of God. Paul talks about this word prove again, it has this idea um, that you will become or that you'll be found or you'll demonstrate. It's another way of saying work out your salvation or put your salvation out there. And when we do then we operate in a blameless way. In other words, people can't blame us. They can't say, hey, you've sinned. Um, We're innocent. In other words, we're not sinning. We're innocent. We're doing life God's way. We're above reproach. Nobody can say to us or accuse us of not being a child of God because we're doing life God's way. And the more we do that without complaining and debating, the more certain others are of our salvation, and really, the more certain we are that we're saved as well. We also get people's attention because when we think and, and act like Jesus, respond like Jesus, it's going to be like we're a, um, a, a light in a dark room. All right, And That's what he talks about here. He says that, that we're going to be shining like lights. This world, he says, is crooked and perverse. It means warped and distorted. It's warped and distorted in the way they think, and the way people respond. I mean, just look at... Um, how people are responding to what's around us today and the situation we're going through. It's just, it's amazing to me how different people are stuck on one side or the other and, and not willing to understand the full scope of what might be going on. And, and their response and their thinking is warped. And when it comes to just responding to life's circumstances in general, it's warped and distorted. And our temptation as Christians is to get all caught up in that and to spend our time within those debates and within those conversations and getting ourselves frustrated and getting ourselves irritated just like non-christians are and again it's easy to respond that way if that's all we're doing with our lives if that's all we're filling our lives with from the moment we get up to the moment we go to bed we're watching the news and we're reading articles and we're responding to things that way and not taking the time to take a step back to remember what God's doing, to pray for Him to meet our needs, and then to work hard to do it His way. See, when, when our responses and our life impact are the way God wants it to be, it's in complete contrast to how the world responds and the impact that it, it has. See, God doesn't have closet Christians. We're never told in Scripture to hold our faith in, to to keep our faith personal, to to make it so it's just us and God. It's always about us and God and others. In fact, if if we're not others-focused, if we're not reaching other people for Christ, if we're not caring about other people's needs, then our relationship with God is hindered. And so to have this relationship with God, our worship on Sunday to mean something, then our worship on Monday through Saturday must be about doing life God's way in all of our circumstances, without complaining, without debating. Remember what Jesus said in Luke 12 when we were in our uh, series going through uh, in Luke 12? Jesus said, His followers will confess Him before men. And that word confess means to pledge our allegiance to. And so we'll make that public. We'll make that known to others through how we respond. And then lastly, we put our salvation out there because like Paul, we're 100% committed to Christ and the gospel. Paul closes the section here in 17 and 18, and basically, it's kind of a personal thing for him. He's saying, "Listen, if I'm going to be poured out as a, as a drink offering, what he's talking about there is if I'm going to sacrifice my life for you and for the sake of the gospel, I'm going to rejoice in that." Again, chapter one, Paul says, "Whether I live or die, it's about Christ." And so he he's he's okay if I if I die because of this, because of the choices I've made to share the gospel to represent Christ in this world. If I die because of that, then I'm going to rejoice because I know I'm doing life God's way. I know that you Philippian Christians are doing life God's way. And I can rejoice in that. And he's urging the Philippian Christians and us today that we have the same mindset. That in the midst of our overwhelming situations, whatever they might be, that we represent Christ. That we understand the goal that we pray for God to meet the goal in and through us and that we work hard to accomplish it in our lives. See, when we stand before Christ one day, I've said this a lot, and it's still true, when we stand before Christ one of these days, He doesn't care what kind of car or how many cars we have. He doesn't care what size our house is. He doesn't care what brand of clothing we wear. Uh, He doesn't care what our 401k looks like. All that's going to be tossed aside, and what he's going to care about is how many people are standing behind us that we impact, that we influence for Christ, whether for salvation or if they're already Christians, for them to grow uh, in their relationship with Christ. That's all that matters to Christ. That's all that mattered to Paul. Evidently, that's all that mattered to a lot of the Philippian Christians, and that should be all that matters to us as we go through this life, knowing that we're going to spend eternity with Christ one day. I don't know where you're feeling isolated, uh, where you're feeling alone. I don't know where life seems to be overwhelming for you. Um, I know for me, this whole stay-at-home thing, is I try to get out as much as I can just because I I don't want to be stuck at home, even though Kim and I have a great time when we are home. But we try to get out. We try to do things. But there's other things in my life that are kind of overwhelming. As I think about our church family and um, not being able to connect with everybody on a regular basis physically to see each other is an overwhelming thing for me because I, I love being around our church family. I love what's going on in your lives. I appreciate those who have called me to check in and um, and feel free to give me a call during the week and um, and talk. But let me just suggest some some takeaways that we can have from here and again uh, you can spend time with the Lord to find out some specifically for you but let me just suggest something first of all if you're watching and you've never asked uh, God to forgive you for sins and uh, place your faith in Christ and and experience that forgiveness of God and and a relationship with him um, man, during this time I would imagine that you're thinking I need some help I need some somebody to go through this with Well, God wants to be the one who takes you through this, who grows you through this, who gives your life's purpose. And so I just really challenge you that in the quietness of your own home, as you're watching this, whether it's Sunday or sometime during the week, take an opportunity, take the opportunity and and have a conversation with God and just simply say, God, forgive me of my sins, and and I trust and believe you when you say that Jesus died for my sins. I'm trusting in Him and Him alone for my salvation. And thank Him for His salvation and giving you his holy spirit he's going to put his holy spirit in your life he's going to adopt you into his family and as a good father he's going to take you through this time he's going to protect you through this time he's going to give your life purpose and grow you and if you make that choice i'd love to hear about that in fact, you can go to ohiograce.com backslash card and you can fill that information out in the comment section section just put it on i accepted christ today Um, I think there's a box in there, too, Like if you want to talk to a pastor. I'd love to hear from you, so please let me know. Secondly, let me just challenge you to spend time with God and His Word and let Him remind you of what His goal is for your life. Um, Again, through your circumstances, there might be a sense of being overwhelmed. and, And you're going to need to take some time to step back let God remind you of what the goal is. The goal is to make you look more and more like Christ and act more and more like Christ through this circumstance. And then spend time in prayer asking God, God, give me what I need to, to, um, to go through this time, to, to learn who you are, to become more like Christ. Help me, Give me the strength to work hard to accomplish what you want me to accomplish during this time. And then do that. Do the things that God calls you to do. And by the way, I talked about it last week. That's what your Christian uh, church family is here for. And, And you need to be willing to be able to call. Either call the person who is your prayer and care person, call somebody else in our church family who knows, call me, but allow others to come around you, even during this time, to encourage you and help you do life God's way. And the last thing is this. Spend time with God and His Word. Because Again, we've got to be with God and His Word. And ask Him, how does He want to demonstrate your salvation, how does he want you to demonstrate your salvation through your circumstances, whether it's your marriage, your family, your work, your finances, your health, the COVID-19 thing. See, salvation is always about sacrificing ourselves for the sake of others to draw them to Christ. We always want other people to change, right? We're always, we can point out where other people need to change, but we need to look at ourselves first and say, okay, God, change me. Make me more like Christ. Help me to understand how I can represent, demonstrate, put my salvation out there for others to see. As Jesus cried out to God in the garden, Lord, if this could pass for me, but not my will, your will be done. Maybe it's time for some of us to be just like Jesus, to get on our knees, to literally cry out to God and say, God, I can't do this alone. I was spending time with God this morning, and I was telling Him just that exact thing. This, this has been very convicting for me. I was telling God that very exact th- thing. God, I can't do. I can't pastor a church. I'm. I don't have that strength. I don't have that ability. That this is something you have to do in and through me. I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. I need your strength. I need to know how to best pastor our church family uh, during this time, and and, and in doing that. You know God's faithful, and He's going to give us the direction that we need. So if you're overwhelmed, take a step back, remember the goal: God wants you to look and act more and more like Jesus Christ. Pray for God to meet that goal in your life, and then work hard to accomplish it. I want to challenge you too. We have our Fremont campus services at nine and ten thirty today and so i want to encourage you to uh tune in there you can go to ohiograce.com and watch it live stream or you can go to youtube uh, and search ohio grace and it'll pop up there for you um encourage you to do that they'll have the music going and um pastor kevin's going to be preaching and so uh, again thanks for joining us today here i uh, love you guys appreciate it. look forward to getting together be looking in your emails for um information coming your way just about where we're going in the next several months. And again, thanks for being here. Talk to you later.